0: Welcome to another episode of Campus Life, the college side of our podcast here at Campus Decanton. As always, I am Austin. And this is Colin. Um, what, a bit of a spooky Saturday this past week beyond Halloween. Uh, we had some nice upsets, some uh, very disappointing performances, kind of an odd week for fantasy. Colin, what were you for Halloween?
1: I was Burt Macklin, and my girlfriend was Janet Snakehole from Parks and Rec. Although, if you ask uh, most of the people at the party, uh, they thought I was Doug from the Limu Emu commercials.
0: Have you guys recently watched Parks and Rec? Is that what had that in your mind? Because like that, yeah. Burt Macklin, I remember being like a
1: thing in like 2013. So I'm just curious how you got there from 2021. Yeah, we actually, we just started rewatching um, Parks and Rec together a couple months ago. I and mean, we're, it's one of those shows that like, you know, as we finish up another show that uh, like we watched only murders in the building um, on Hulu. That's really good. If you haven't seen that, that's almost Steve, Steve Martin, Steve Martin, Martin short. Yeah. Selena Gomez too. But so we finished that up and then we're like, Oh, what else we want to watch? So like, you know, we'll watch more parks and Rec, and then we jump to another show. And we finish that up and then we go back to parks and rec. So it's one of those shows you can just kind of bounce around with. But yes, we did watch that recently. Super duper hot take. I hate parks and rec. I know,
0: I it's, know you do. We've it's had this so conversation. Bad. It's so bad. Uh, I love it. I just, just can't get into it, and I don't find Chris Pratt charming either. Um, so that probably
1: takes away part of it. That's fair. Um, my favorite under the radar character, and then we can just move off of this, mm-hmm. is Donna. Donna Meagle. She's she gets really funny later on. I, I like her a lot. Okay.
0: And that's uh, that's our hard hitting analysis on Parks and Rec. You can catch us next week. Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Would it did you dress up for Halloween? No, I think dressing up for Halloween is stupid. Well, yeah, that doesn't surprise me in the slightest. I hate Austin's fun. A big. Yeah, as to say, Austin's a big, uh, a big proponent of no fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I give floss to all the kids in the neighborhood. No, uh, we weren't home. So we no, he gets apple slices and raisins raisins are the shit i love raisins <laughs> uh, all right colin let's um i think we, we we've gone on enough on those topics Alrighty, guys before we begin this podcast is part of the fantasy points media group along with a ton of other great podcasts including the true north fantasy podcast the play to win podcast dynasty happy hour injury prone podcast with dr edwin porus uh, dynasty vipers the smoke show the Fantasy Points Podcast, and new edition this week. I don't know if anybody caught that. Did you see our new brethren, Colin? I did. I did. Tri- triple Play Fantasy stopping by. Uh, Welcome part to of the, the co- family. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, guess we have to add them to the intro here now. So Triple Play Fantasy. <laughs> don't you sound so find- happy about it. <laughs> No, it'd be fun to be working with those guys. So you can find all of those podcasts on one place on Twitter, guys, at Fantasy Points Live, or you can check out their weekly Friday drops. And they recap the entire week in the Fantasy Points media group. All right, Colin, we've been doing these news segments here at the beginning. Um, and so let's do that again here this week. Um, I'll lead it off, I guess, since I'm the one currently talking. Fair enough. I have, I have this, the talking pillow or whatever. Uh, then I'll pass it over to you and I'm talking stick. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Drake London, I think the biggest news of the week here, one of the biggest pieces of news, wide receiver for USC, uh, is out for the rest of the year with a fractured ankle. No news on whether there's additional damage there or not. So there's a little bit of speculation as to whether he'll be back for the combine, but certainly it sounds like he'll be on track to at least do his pro day. Those uh, will probably be pretty significant there for him um, in case his athletic testing uh, comes into play. Uh, London was having a great season. Breakout season had possibly propelled himself into the first round of the NFL draft discussion. So uh, fingers crossed that he turns out healthy uh, in the long run and that this is just uh, a speed bump in a long, successful career.
1: Um, Yeah, best wishes for him for sure. Um, Another guy out for the season, Bryce Williams, uh, running back for Minnesota. Uh, That is their third running back that they have lost for the season. Um, If you're in Minnesota, stop drinking the water. Uh, But Kai Thomas and Marquise Irving the past two weeks have really been splitting the carries um, fairly evenly in this one. Uh, It seems like that's kind of expected to continue at this point. But they've both been fantasy relevant, even though they've been splitting the work. Yeah, they, they're lead, uh, what is it? Pa- our Big 10
0: West leader, Minnesota. Probably should have let off at that. All our Gopher fans yeah. are going to be very
1: upset that you didn't give them their props. Good point. My apologies to all of our Gopher fans out there, Kane and, and Carl. And that's it. No one else from <laughs> Minnesota listens. All right.
0: Um, I accidentally gave myself all the good ones. I'm sorry. Jalen Cropper uh, left their for the Fresno State game uh, this weekend with an apparent knee injury, but it has uh, been reported that he is likely to play looked like, you know, anytime any guy goes down with a knee injury, you worry worry the worst, but it sounds like Cropper uh, will be back this season. So I know he's been a top wide receiver here. Um, So fret not. You don't have to replace him a week before the playoffs.
1: Um, And um, yeah, yeah. Uh, In super frustrating college injury news, uh, Rashad White did not play last week uh, against Wazoo. It does sound like he'll play this week. But there was zero indication that he was going to not play leading up to game time. Um, Herm Edwards said Rashad was almost ready to go, but he wasn't 100%. So we just felt like, you know what, we're not going to put him out there. So thank you, Herm. Appreciate that. Um, But it does sound like he's going to be good to go this week with it was a right leg injury. So very vague there.
0: Um last little piece of news here guys Gary Patterson is out of TCU he's an institution there I didn't realize how long uh, he had been at TCU he's 181 and 79 th- across 20 different seasons at TCU Colin he's been at TCU so long he's played in four different conferences that's insane. Which is absurd. I did not realize that till today. He started off in 2000. He took over for their bowl game. They were in the Western Athletic Conference. The next year, they picked up in Conference USA, switched to the Mountain West in 2005. And then, of course, the Big 12, where they currently reside, they moved over there in 2012. So I don't know how many coaches can say that they've coached in four different conferences with one team. I would be willing to bet it's not very many, Um, but regardless, uh, you know he's a lot of success. Eleven and three in 2017. Last couple years, seven and six, five and seven, six and four, and three and five this year. And they've the calling card has been defense, and their defense has been atrocious this year. And so um, the Horn Frogs have deemed that it's time for a change. I think the the impact there is mostly just going to be on Zach Evans and uh, Quentin Johnson. I mean, just to you know, long term. I mean, I'm a little worried that maybe Zach Evans we consider leaving without him there. I, I don't know. What do you think about that, Colin?
1: See, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know if Evans is going to leave without him there. I mean, it, this kind of makes a little bit more sense now why Zach Evans removed all of uh, TCU from his bio on was, I think it was Instagram. Um, you know, maybe there was a sense in the building that this was coming. Um and maybe that is the reason why he he removed all that stuff because he doesn't want to be there without uh, Gary Patterson. Now that's it's fairly wild speculation at that point. You know, I haven't really heard anything either way. But if you just kind of connect some dots, that makes some sense. Uh, and Zach Evans definitely has the talent where he could go somewhere else. No,
0: we we are reporting it here, Colin. This is not speculation. No, it is speculation. I'm just <laughs> asking the questions. <laughs> there is no news. Do not overreact. Um, although I certainly can think of many places that would probably be better for him than TCU, but I digress. Um, yeah, but it makes some sense. So I think it's just, uh, you know, watch watch them this year, this offseason as they search for a new head coach. There are rumors that, that like, Texas Tech has a head coach opening. There's already rumors that they're looking at him if if TCU hires um, um, oh, Sonny, what's his Dykes. Name? Sonny Dykes. There's rumors that he just goes straight to SMU. So It just, sounds like uh, he's going to stay in Texas. It's going to be very <laughs> incestuous here these texas college hiring so something to pay attention to all right column let's let's talk some bigger headlines here uh maybe we have a few more questions um about about some things here so usc throwing a dart he <laughs> hoo, <laughs> Um, look at us uh, making some funny puns here on the show we never do that um this week in their seven point win 41 34 over arizona usc rotated their quarterbacks guys um with uh i guess okay results jackson dart his first game back uh he played one game week three uh when keaton slovis was out played really really well and then had a meniscus injury back for week nine played 36 snaps this week keaton slovis played 53 uh, all in all pretty even uh, on the passing attempts 14 uh, for 20 for slovis 12 for 18 for dart. Um, slovis did have an interception um but but both both played there and, and, you know, fairly even split. What do we what do we expect from this quarterback situation moving forward here, Colin? I mean, is it, are we is there hope that they're slowly bringing Dart along and he's going to get more snaps as the year goes on here the last couple of weeks? Or I mean, because
1: USC is four and four. They're not playing for anything now. In a word, chaos. No, um, I I honestly, I kind of expect this back and forth thing to continue because, um, I mean, head coach um, Dante Williams there has to kind of realize he's probably not going to get this job. And I think he wants to move off of Slovis. Um, and move towards Jackson dart there and, and, you know, maybe build up a resume here for another job somewhere else and say, look, you know, we identified that Slovis was not the answer. We played the more talented kid, you know, he can give that pitch to recruiting or, or wherever he ends up. But I just, I, I think that the biggest proponent of Slovis in clay Helton is gone. And now that Jackson Dart's back and healthy, you know, I, I think he should start to get more of these reps because he's the future there, um, you know, for for whatever that's worth. But I do expect this to to kind of be up in the air, kind of a limbo back and forth thing for a little while, at least.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't really get to watch this game, actually. I was kind of locked away in a cabin uh, all weekend.
1: Um, <laughs> I mean, it was USC, Arizona. I didn't watch it either, I'll be honest.
0: And, and the TV in the place we were at, they got direct TV, but it got like the weirdest fucking channels. Like they didn't get Fox. <laughs> We were trying to watch like the Penn State game. We're like, "What? What do we do? Like, we can can't even watch that." That was on ABC. Oh, it didn't get ABC either. Like, not <laughs> like none of the none of like the basic basic channels. They got it was very very confusing to me. Um, so I, I didn't get to watch, but I mean, it's very interesting because it's it, it's a uh, interim coaching staff. There's a, maybe a one percent chance he's considered for the actual job. Yeah. I mean, I I, I highly, highly doubt it, and that's the real wild card here. If there was a you know a a. a, a A coach in play, like maybe if, um, if Helton was still there, he'd be throwing a Hail Mary to save his job and he'd go to Dart. And if you had a new coach, obviously he'd say, you know, out with the old and with the new. But this interim guy, I just, I don't know how to read him at all and what he's going to do with the situation. Um, I mean, fingers crossed it's, it's Dart just because I'm tired of Keaton Slovis, but, um, it's something that you definitely have to monitor. Would you feel comfortable starting Jackson Dart this week?
1: Uh, no, I, I would not. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, they get Arizona State. Arizona State's pretty solid pass defense overall, um, and given the uncertainty there at the quarterback position, I, I would not feel comfortable starting um, starting either of them this week. To be honest with you, I,
0: I would not either, uh, especially without London. There, I mean, the rest of that off. They, like London dominates the catches usually, and he went for nine, eighty-one, and two, and he got injured like in the second quarter. But the distribution aside, once he went out, you know, Gary Bryan had three for 89 and two. That's intriguing. I think that's something to monitor. Um, Taj Washington had seven for 75. Kyle Ford, two for 20, Ingram, two for 18. Uh, Epps had, I mean, a couple of the guys chipped in with one. Um, so with without London, I'm just wondering who else becomes relevant. I think maybe we can have that discussion here as well, Colin. Are, are we are we thinking that maybe Gary Bryan is the guy we kind of want? Is it Taj Washington? No one obviously is going to produce like Drake London did, but
1: yeah, nobody's going to produce like Drake London did. Uh, I mean, they this offense was just feed Drake London the ball. Uh, he has 88 catches on the year. Um, Bryant has 24, Taj uh, Washington is 32. So it's it's all over the place for you know behind him. It, it's pretty it's pretty wide gap. And I don't see them either of Washington or Bryant filling london's shoes this is not going to be a like for like so i don't know how this target distribution is going to shake shake out i do hope we start to see some michael jackson the third though a guy that you were high on a guy that i was high on in the offseason here uh he's a freshman there you know understandable that he really wasn't seeing that much work um behind what was a fairly talented wide receiver room but you know, now there's an opening there. So I'm I'm hoping that Michael Jackson, we see some Michael Jackson, the third. But to answer your question, I really have no idea what this distribution is going to look like. And it's going to be hard to predict, given that we don't know what the quarterback situation is going to look like.
0: It's really, really weird. You know, you go look at the snap counts, total uh, snap counts this year uh, for USC's offense. Look at some of the wide receivers. Drake London has played 490 snaps. Taj Washington's played 471. And Gary Bryan's played 372. And then the next closest is Joseph Manjack, who has 90. Like it's after those guys, it's just wide open. Kyle Ford has played 59. John Jackson, the third has played 57. Katie Nixon, 56. Our, our guy, Michael Jackson has 11. Um, so like it, it's a huge drop off after those top three Manjack, I think was the guy that stepped in mostly. Uh, but I don't like, I, I wouldn't pick him up. I don't think that he's relevant. I, so, um, don't waste a, uh, a, a waiver claim or, or fob or whatever on him. Um, so that is, again, just that whole offense, something to monitor there. Um, we thought we had some sure things and now maybe we don't, uh, with USC Heisman Heisman moment here, potentially for Kenneth Walker, Colin, um, you know, it, I've been saying for weeks personally, I was like, hey, this dude shouldn't be closed. Michigan state's overrated. They're beating up on these bad teams. They played number nine, Michigan this week in a big rivalry game. Michigan state scored 37 points. Guys, Kenneth Walker had five touchdowns. You do the math and you tell me how many of their points that he scored. <laughs> it's uh, it's, it's all of them. Uh, he, he, he was really the big, the big player there on the day. 23 carries, 197 yards, five touchdowns led Michigan state to the upset win. 37, 33, um, the Heisman is wi- is within reach now. Uh, he's been having a phenomenal season. Just what? Well, give me your thoughts on on Kenneth Walker,
1: uh, 9 weeks into the college football season, Colin. Yeah, I mean, like you said, this was this is a big Heisman moment for him. Um Michigan Michigan State big rivalry game. Uh Michigan State, they they're both ranked in the top 10. Michigan State comes away with the win on the back of Kenneth Walker. Uh, early in the game, it looked like Michigan was, you know, going to try to shut him down, and then they just kind of stopped. They kind of let him do whatever he wanted. Like, you know, I, they they didn't make Peyton Thorn beat them, despite his, you know, his early interceptions. Um, you know, they they just let Kenneth Walker run all over him, and maybe it's a situation where you can't stop him. I don't know. I mean, he's the second leading running back in the country right now. Uh, he is eleven 1, hundred and ninety-four yards on the year. He's just behind Sean Tucker, who has 1267. Um, But, you know, a five-touchdown game against a top-10 team, that's going to stand out. People are going to definitely take notice of that. And given the, you know, Matt Corral's been banged up here, I mean, he still has to be up there in the conversation. Bryce Young still has to be in the conversation. Um, Texas isn't very good, so Bijan, despite how good he's been, Uh, Texas dropped three the last the last three in a row. I don't think he's in the conversation for Heisman anymore just because of how bad Texas is. So you're kind of got three guys there, and Kenneth Walker is going to have a chance to prove himself again against Ohio State and against Penn State. Um, Two, well, Penn State's rush defense looked more improved this week, um, despite you know Travion still having a really nice week. But uh, it it looks like they kind of got the loss of pj mustafer figured out a little bit more but i he's gonna have a more chance to prove himself here and but after this week i would say he's probably the favorite on a lot of ballots
0: yeah he's definitely got to be up there i mean it's just a, a serious lack of candidates for this year his his fantasy points you know he's had some crazy games this year he's had barely any stinkers so he opened he opened the season with 50.4 points against northwestern (laughs) 11.7 27.9 he had 6.1 against nebraska then 30.6 31.6 8.9 and then 53.8 i mean he's very very few bad games in there he's he's almost at 1200 yards uh rushing on the year 14 touchdowns he doesn't catch a lot of passes Uh, he's a guy where i'd like I think there's a difference between a guy can't catch passes and we just haven't seen a guy catch passes. And I think a lot of people want to imply by somebody catching no passes that means they can't. I don't necessarily think that that there's always a correlation there. Uh, I also suspect. I mean, he's not DeAndre Swift. I think that's obvious. Um, but he's not. Um, I don't know. I can't think of any running backs off the top of my head that just have like bricks for hands. Um, <laughs> Andre Williams. So I, I don't mean, know why that was the
1: first one that stuck out of my head.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, I, like, I, I think the, the concerns about his receiving ability are a little overblown. Um, I haven't really gotten to sit down and evaluate him yet this year. I've just seen you know clips here and there, and I actually haven't really even watched much Michigan State um, full games. So I don't want to necessarily commit to him being my RB3 personally. But do you think he go? He is one of the top three backs selected in the NFL draft this year. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: I, I think that's that's definitely fair. Um, I, I think top three is is without a doubt within the realm of possibility there. Uh, this this is the first game, this Michigan game that was the first one that I like really watched uh, of Michigan State um, because they haven't really played anybody that good. But man, he he looked good. Uh, he looked explosive. Uh, I showed some really nice vision there. The big question like you were talking about is going to be the hands um, because he does only have um, 14 career catches and he has eight of them this year. So he had three catches uh, last year at Wake Forest and three catches the year before that also at Wake Forest. Um, So it's not like he was doing it there. Uh, It's definitely going to be a question mark. I haven't really dove into him yet either. Um, So I'll I'll be interested to see. If it's like you were saying, more of a situation of where he can't do it, or whether he's just not asked to.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a tough um, question sometimes to answer. Um All right, Kenneth Walker, you've had your two minutes here on our show. <laughs> Be gone with you. Um We're talking kind of as the season winds down here, guys, a little bit. You know, last week we we talked about some stashes and things like that that we're considering. This week, talk about um players that we think uh, should at least consider the transfer portal or maybe you know people might discuss them as such and we're going to kind of break down here whether we think that's a good idea or not obviously the grand scheme of things we we matter very little we're not not trying to name guys that we just you know had higher hopes for like it's legitimately you know there's crowded back you know crowded room here and and you know they are running out of time to do something So let's go through some of these names, Colin. The first one I put on this list um, is going to be an interesting discussion because I don't think we'll really know how that QB situation is looking at Georgia until we find out if JT Daniels is leaving, um, until Gunnar Stockton actually sets foot on campus, You know all these different things. But Brock Vandergriff, true freshman quarterback there. um, He's behind Daniels. He's behind Stetson Bennett. I don't know exactly where he stands at this point in time with with uh, Carson Beck or Jackson Muschamp or some of these guys, it, it, do we think that there's a realistic chance over the next year or two that he gets any sort of significant time at Georgia, or should he get out of there
1: before it's too late? I think he should get out of there before it's too late. Regardless, I mean, we uh, the quarterback situation that Georgia this year has been so weird, um, and they just they really haven't produced anybody that makes you all feel all warm and fuzzy you know Jacob Fromm had a moment in the sun and then just kind of meh uh you know Justin Fields transferred out you know he did he was probably better served there so I I don't know how much I trust Georgia's staff to develop a quarterback anyway but given that Gunnar Stockton's going to be coming in uh I would probably transfer out if I'm him now you know where does he go i think that's the better question
0: yeah i would have no sort of guess um cuz he's from georgia so obviously you know the going home thing that's what we you know it seems to be more often than not if guys need a reset they kind of go Back closer georgia, georgia tech, tech really the only other place yeah. there maybe that would be a fit who knows i don't even know if he's smart enough to get in there <laughs> and i'm not like i legitimately <laughs> no, don't know like i don't know if he's stupid or not or whatever but uh, georgia tech's a pretty good school uh you know not just anybody can get into georgia tech so i i, I don't know where he would stand on the, that end of things um yeah i mean it, it's going to be very tough it's always tough to break through at some of these big schools and you know my feelings for brock Vandergriff, uh the prospect aside um I think if you're a top prospect like that and you're not going to get the job, I think sooner you the, the sooner you leave and can still kind of maintain your name, if your name has value, you're going to have more suitors. Uh, I think that's always a good thing. And, and it's just tough as the quarterback. There's only one of you. you know, Unless your coach is an idiot, they're probably not actually rotating quarterbacks, really. Um, that's not something a lot of teams do. So you know, really one guy gets that job, and unless a bunch of people get hurt, it's not you. Stockton's a good player. JT Daniels is always hurt. So, you know, being the backup there, not necessarily a bad thing, but I, don't, I mean, it, it's crowded for sure. And I, yeah, I don't have a guess as to where he'd go either. I think there's going to be a lot of teams looking, but there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks in the portal this year, too. Yeah. Miles Miles Brennan actually announced today. We probably should have put that at the beginning of the show. Uh, Miles Brennan, quarterback at LSU, said that he's entering the portal today. Um, and, and you can add him to, um, who else has already
1: said they're going in the portal? Um, there's another. There's another big quarterback. Names? Yeah. Well, I sort of. I can't think of anybody big name that already announced that they were going to. Oh, Harrison Bailey. That's it. Yeah. I knew there was another one this
0: week. Ha- so, Harrison Bailey. I mean, there there are guys that are starting to line up uh, and there are
1: teams that will need them. So, um, you know, got to assume Rattler's name is going to be on the list there as well. Yeah. Um, you know, definitely going to be some candidates to move. Uh we'll, we'll talk about one in a little bit as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right.
1: Um, right. Let's talk.
0: Let's talk Bama wide receivers here, Colin. Um, We, it was always assumed coming into this year that none of these guys would be getting significant playing time at all through their freshman year. We thought maybe Hall would because he was so, um, it, there were some nice reports about him in spring and then he looked pretty good in the spring game. Um, And say what you want about, you know, like Jojo Earl and some of these guys, they really haven't played very much. It's been Slade Bolden. It's been Jamison Williams. Who's come out of nowhere. It's been John Mechie. Um, and and so those guys have really been relegated to special teams duty for the most part. And I haven't even mentioned Christian Leary, um, (laughs) who, who really hasn't played at all. Um, should should we see some movement? Do we see some movement here? They don't have a ton of go- It's a smaller wide receiver class for them this year. So it's not like they're bringing another class of five guys. But, I mean, something's got to give there.
1: Yeah, I think we got to see one of them leave. And, I mean, Aguille has already expressed some uh, distaste for the way things have been handled. Now, I believe he deleted that tweet then later, but um, he was not happy early on. Uh, I think... And we talked a little bit about a pre-show. I, th- I think one of the best signs is Jojo Earl and Ja'Cory Brooks getting special teams work. Um, and I know Jojo Earl's the one who's been returning punts, but Ja'Cory Brooks did that in high school, too. So like if they needed him back there, he could do that. Seems like he's willing to play special teams. And those are the t- those are the types of things that are going to endear you to uh, good old Nick Saban is if you're willing to do your job and play special teams and do what's asked of you and until your time to step up is. So I don't know about Leary just given that he hasn't seen any time really at all. Um, I I think he should transfer as well, but one of Hall or Brooks is probably going to have to go. And it's sounding like it's going to probably be Hall just based on some writing on the wall.
0: Do I get a half a point on my, my preseason, prediction. I said one of the Alabama receivers does not transfer and it's not Christian Leary. Or does transfer and it's not Christian Leary. Um was my prediction. Of course, your prediction in, in, the, in the explanation, then I said it was Ja'Cory Brooks. I think I get a half a point for that.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know about that one. You 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 give yourself some points, some points pretty liberally sometimes.
0: I predicted it wasn't Christian Leary. What more do you want from me? <laughs> what did you predict at the beginning of the season, Colin? Oh,
1: nothing. Oh, okay
0: then. I didn't put out a prediction article. Oh, maybe you should have. So I could shit all over it at every
1: chance I get. <laughs>
0: How about you them Shit apples? all over
1: my writing anyway.
0: <laughs> I do not. It's not even close to accurate. I give you some helpful pointers. I feel like <laughs> have you the, that's that one of that, that episode in the office where they're down in Florida and Ryan has to do the, the presentation. And he's asking Jim and Andy what he thought of it. And Jim goes, that was great, sweetie. There was just that one part. And right. That means you hated it. <laughs> That's us talking yes. about your writing. Yep. It's, it's that that exact scene right there, um, which my wife and I quote very, very often. Um, um, all right, let's talk. Um, let's go back to Georgia. Why the hell not? I forgot. I did this. Um,
1: you're all over the place on this show. I'm all it.
0: over the place so I, I one of the the messiest wide receiver rooms in all of college football right now is georgia because like at any given time 40% of them are hurt <laughs> and half of them half of that group is done for the year but the other half might be coming back you've got like these weird like low three star walk on guys you've got don't you dare disparage Ladd McConkie. You've got the 2020 class that had a bunch of like high four stars, and none of them are doing jack shit. Um, and they've got the loaded tight end room. I mean, they they prefer to run the ball anyway. It's just such a weird, weird situation. But let's focus on a couple of names here, Colin. Two guys are supposed to be getting healthy here for the home stretch. Arian Smith and Marcus Rosemary. Um, Two second-year wide receivers there. Ad and I don't know, Mitchell has made some noise this year. Obviously Brock Bowers, um, Jermaine Burton will be back again for sure for at least one more year. We assume George Pickens is going to leave. And then you've got your your Blaylocks, your Justin Robinsons, uh, all these guys. Do we think Arian Smith
1: and Marcus Roseme should leave? I definitely think Roseme should leave um, because the other guy, there's enough guys on that roster that – do what he does, uh, that uh, they're kind of ahead of him at this point. You know, I Mitchell, Jermaine Burton, um, you know, so I would probably say Marcus means sh- Jack Saint should head out, he should go somewhere else. Arian Smith is a little tougher because they don't really have another guy who fills that role on that team. Um, so he could still see some time, and a lot of his issue has been some injury related mm-hmm. stuff. So that's a little bit tougher of a case. Uh, I, I could see either way staying or going.
0: I loved Roseme coming out. I thought he was he um he like value wise, I thought what he would do as a freshman would be similar to what Deion Smith did at LSU this year. Like they're kinda they were kind of raw, but just big physical and they like they aren't just jump ball guys, like they're they're very good athletes, but they're just, you know, kind of that physical archetype, like a Terrace Marshall ish kind of player. And that's really what I thought. Uh, Roseme would do and then he had that big touchdown and i was like hell yeah then he came down funny and i was like oh no <laughs> um had that ankle dislocation out for the year hasn't really come back full time yet um uh, rosemary i think is a guy where if he could go somewhere else and i don't know you know at this point a third year guy with limited um you know production at georgia but obviously with the injury impacting things i don't know where he could possibly go that he would play right away and, and maybe be a, a big part of a decent offense. Um, but he's the guy that I think is just the most intriguing wide receiver in that entire wide receiver room outside of George Pickens. And I said, you know, I'm not saying best. I'm just saying I think he's the most intriguing guy um, just because he has all these tools. And, and we saw it flash once and then um, we had to look away. So <laughs> I really just for pure selfish reason, I want to see Rosemi leave. Do I think he leaves? I don't know. Because Georgia doesn't bring in... A, they're another school that's not really bringing in a great wide receiver class here. Um, they've been on some guys, but haven't really been able to secure a lot of them. So I don't know. But I, I would like him to. Colin, how about one of your guys here? Um, you've been all over this Washington wide receiver room. We're not talking about Jalen McMillan, who's really your guy. Yeah. Uh, but his teammate, Romeo Dunze, um, who, who's had a little production this year, but... Nothing serious. He's been at Washington long enough. It's clear the coaching staff there has no idea what they're doing when it comes to uh, building a functional offense. Um, they've left Dylan Morris out there for an entire year, so Sam Heward must either really suck in practice or they're just dumb. <laughs> it could, could really go, either way. Could go <laughs> either way. Do you think Adunze should transfer somewhere else where he can like get some volume? Even it's like the third wide receiver on a more passing offense, you'd see more than he's seeing right
1: now. Honestly, I think Jalen McMillan should transfer too. I think all of those wide receivers should leave again. Um, wow. Do you want Sam Hewitt to die? I mean, I don't want these guys to be in that offense. That's what it comes down to. This offense is not good. And I can't remember who it was. Um, I was having a conversation with, I'm pretty sure it was on Twitter, with somebody uh, in the offseason about McMillan. And he said he was, he's a Washington fan. He's like, I like mcmillan he's like but this offense is just bad and it's just it's not gonna they're not gonna have the volume to support anybody there and you know he was right they they don't um you know we kind of thought kate otten would be the the leading receiver there um and he was banged up i think he missed a game or two in there uh, but this just offense as a whole has just been bad uh, they need to clean house and the coaching staff they need to go bring somebody in who's sort of creative at least. Um, but to answer your question, yeah, I think he should go somewhere else as well because he's not getting any, any volume there. Um, nobody really is, but he's definitely not. So even if he goes to somewhere, it's, it's a number three wide receiver on, you know, uh, another, another power five team, or, or even if he, you know, goes to like Memphis or UCF or, or a high G five school like that, you know, I think that would even be better for him.
0: I think that's the move we're going to see more and more guys do. Um, You know, it actually would be a really uh, interesting spot for him. Nevada. Yeah. He is from Las Vegas. He went to Bishop Gorman. I think that would be an intriguing match. They probably lose uh, Romeo dubs. They probably lose Elijah cooks. um Cole Turner and Cole Turner. So, I mean, he's, he's another big body guy there. Him and Torrey Horton could be a nice, one two punch there um, for for Mister Cade Millen uh, taking over that job. Just Clay, sorry Clay. Yes, goddamn Fan Tracks messed me up so bad with that this offseason because <laughs> I took so much. <laughs> 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 at least you uh, realized he wasn't on Fan Tracks. Uh, yes, I did. Um, all right, Colin. This next one's a name. Like I don't know. I think we need to send out like a you know a search team for Armani Goodwin at LSU. That other freshman running back there um, that the top 10, 12 guy in this class. Um, LSU brings back probably John Emery. It seems like, I mean, he, he had that weird academic issue this year. They're going to bring back um, Corey Kiner. Tyrion Davis price is eligible to go back. I don't know if he will or not. Um, and, and then they bring in Trevante citizen. So again, a lot of bodies. There is Armani Goodwin, somebody that you sh-
1: could see leaving. And uh, should he leave? Yeah. I think you should leave. Um, I also don't want, I, I don't really want to see Trevante citizen go there either just cause that that backfield is just a mess. Now they are going to be bringing in a new head coach, so that could open up a lot of opportunity. Um, you know, especially for Trevante citizen coming in who would have no, like a completely blank slate there for them. You know, whereas guys like TDP and John Emery, you know, we know what they are at this point. Um, but the thing with Goodwin is he I liked him coming out, uh, but he just has not been able to see the field here. So, yeah, I think he definitely needs to transfer out somewhere else. Um, just go somewhere, get an opportunity. Yeah, another one that I would like to see as well.
0: I don't really have anything to add to that, um, but but the guy I want to go. And do you know where Armani
1: Goodwin's from? I believe he's local there. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure it was either LSU. He was either from Louisiana or like bama I don't he's
0: from he's age. from alabama bama, um okay. and just you know some of the other top schools he was looking at when he came out uh or some of the other schools that that were high up on his list um oh, where'd you go now uh, apparently they take it all away after uh after they commit let's see oh, really? so the other schools are worth it and i think it's an alphabetical order here
1: like okay
0: it, it's got auburn alabama and arkansas are the top three so i think i feel like yes it's enough but a quarter at this point i don't know what his next highest offer was i doubt he goes to bama arkansas is pretty packed up right now florida state would be intriguing um georgia tech but i mean he'd still have to sit there for a year so i don't know um but but certainly a, a name to keep an eye on there don't forget about him um and snag him up cheap this offseason if he's out there in case he does leave julian fleming uh at ohio state um, I mostly don't talk about Julian Fleming because I just let Felix and Matt uh, go at each other on that one. Um, <laughs> But he's been surpassing the depth chart there. He's barely playing. Uh, he's had some injury issues.
1: I think he's a foregone conclusion that he leaves at this this offseason, right? Yeah, he has to. I, I mean, he was the number one wide receiver in the class and he's gotten jumped by everybody there. Um, He has to go somewhere else. Uh, Pennsylvania guy. Don't really think Penn State is is a realistic uh landing spot for him. Um, because we always talk about people going home. So maybe a Pittsburgh. I don't even think Pitt has like a really deep wide receiver room and they don't
0: really lose anybody this offseason. Like I and I don't even I don't think they would be that interested. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know. He may be one of those other guys that we say has to to go the uh the high G five route. You can go play at LBC. Here they need a wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Lebanon Valley College. Yeah. Let's do it. Lebanon Valley College. Flying Dutchman.
0: Ooh, spooky. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite Spongebob characters for sure. Um, all right. Last uh, last name here, Colin. Then we'll move on to waiver Wire and start sits for the week. Jake Garcia, an intriguing name. I'm still like half expecting him to kind of at least seriously compete for that job. So I don't think he's going to leave anytime soon. But Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, has been at least statistically productive and obviously led uh, Miami to the win over Pitt this weekend. Like, I I don't think he leaves, at least not until really close to the season. So I think regardless, like, next year's a lost year for him at this point, unless he gets that job, which I'm not
1: ruling out. I wouldn't rule that out either, but, I mean, man, Tyler Van Dyke's been on fire lately. Uh, The past couple games, he's been looking really good. Uh, He is second year guy but everybody with the covid waiver thing so you know who knows so he could be there for a couple of years um and they are bringing in Jacury Brown as well um you know a guy who's who's had a bit of a tumble down the recruiting rankings but a guy who still was invited to the elite 11 so you know he's still high, at least highly thought of in some circles as a quarterback prospect so they're bringing in another guy i i, I think i feel like Jake Garcia I mean, the the thing, I think the most likely situation with Jake Garcia is we see him stick around. We see him try to compete here in the spring. If he does not beat out Tyler Van Dyke, I think that's when we see him move.
0: Yeah, uh, it it might be a wait and see. All right, Colin, I have one more story here uh, for us to touch on. The people want it. (laughs) I think we have to give it to him. The Twitter. (laughs) I'm going to try to summarize this story in less than 30 seconds. (laughs) and We are not going to spend much time on it, but here we go all right so Jeff banks who is a, the Texas Longhorn special teams coach uh, left his wife this was actually a very famous story because I believe he was at Am before this uh, and I remember when this happened he, he left his wife for a stripper whose name is Pool assassin this is, this is <laughs> this is documented you know publicly documented fact here folks she has a pet monkey that she posts all over social media. And it's it's like one of those tiny little ones. It's not like in a freaking orangutan or anything. The monkey apparently attacked a child uh, who was <laughs> on their property to see a haunted house um, over the weekend uh, that they had set up. Um, the pole assassin denies that there was any damage. Um. <laughs> Colin, your thoughts on the stripper,
1: stripper, mistress, monkey saga. I mean, talk about things that you just if this was a this is like a Mad Lib story, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's my thoughts. It's never did did I ever think I would read a story about this. Um, but Chris Moxley on Twitter does bring up a good point. Uh, he said it's hard to not be Team Monkey here over a trespassing child. Um, the kid did like go into the backyard there, apparently. Where that's there what was she says. Sign, okay, where We're... there was a sign supposedly posted that not to go back there. Um, so if that of monkey, she had to get a custom sign because <laughs> all they had was a Beware of Dog at the store. <laughs> so if that is true, you know then. An eleven or twelve year old is is should probably not go back there. But uh, Jeff Banks also, actually, uh, according to Nate Marquise on Twitter, was somebody who was reportedly being considered for the Washington State head coaching job, which just seems like a natural fit now after Mike Leach and Nick Rolovich were there.
0: Yeah, um, you know, a lot of people say that they prefer the NFL. You would never get this story in the NFL, guys.
1: No. I mean, the closest closest thing you get is Urban Meyer. Yes.
0: And that was, you know, a thumb in the butt was not nearly as fun as monkey biting child's arm. So uh, on the scale of things that are funny to me, um, uh, the monkey's kicking that story's ass. Um, So we will keep you guys posted over the next couple of weeks as this story plays out. Really hope they don't have to put down the monkey or anything. Apparently it's an emotional support monkey. Everybody knows the best animal to have if you need emotional support is a tiny little monkey. Uh, i think that's just a fact so um we we will we will keep you posted on that story but certainly um uh, going to be a big focus um i think i think that means start all your texas guys this week if we're being honest um yeah. just fire fire them all up all right guys let's <laughs> waiver wire you know it's getting to the end of the season really you're just for guys to pop up at this point you need significant injuries i mean that's just kind of the nature of uh, generally how this works we're highlighting some guys that a very low roster ship at this point, I think, um, because, you know, we started the season at under 50%, and now it's just to the point where these guys haven't been picked up yet. Like, your, your league probably restricts it in some manner. So let's talk about a couple guys here. Last week, Colin, we talked Malachi Thomas, the true freshman wide receiver Virginia Tech, who is 0% rostered. Um, we're going to talk about him here again in a second. He's up to 6%. This week, we talked Jordan Mims, uh, the backup running back for Ronnie Rivers. He went out and put up uh, about 32 points this week. Um, so a, a nice one-week, maybe two-week fill-in until Rivers comes back. And we talked Jaron Mangum as well, the running back at USF. He did not have as big of a week, but still had double-digit points. Um, so those were the names we gave you last week. This week, again, we're giving you Malachi Thomas. Again, up to 6% rostered. Guys, I think more than any other back in this class, the parallels to Sean Tucker from last year, like it, it's just kind of setting off those alarms. For me, uh, Thomas had 151 yards and three touchdowns two weeks ago And this past week, put up 100 over 100 yards. Again, no touchdowns this week, but still, I mean, he looks like he's taking that job. Um, have you been trying to stash Malachi? I mean, I know we're in a bunch of leagues together, and I think I got him in every single one. So I'm sorry,
1: but yeah, no, it's it's all right. You did. Um, I, I think there's there's one or two leagues that I'm there's one league that I'm in the, that he's still out there in, but I don't have any other room to drop somebody. Uh, because Garrett Schrader and Kai Thomas were both still available on waivers. Um, so I did pick them up. Uh, but I, I I don't know about the Sean Tucker parallels yet. Uh, I, I think that's definitely an, an interesting take there on that one. But either way, he's starting to look like he's going to take control of that backfield there. He's a true freshman. So you're going to have him, worst case scenario, you're going to have him for another probably three years Um and that's always valuable on your C two C side if he can be productive there. Now, I think the big question there is going to be uh, Justin Fuente's future because mm-hmm. uh, he's. It's kind of surprising that he wasn't gone already. I think he's going to be gone at the end of this year. So, who do they bring in? That's going to be the biggest question surrounding Malachi Nelson.
0: Yeah, he's going to have to kind of reset, uh, reprove himself with the new coaching staff. He needs to bulk up a little bit. You know, under two hundred pounds, but I think. Uh, I, I was talking to uh, to somebody about this on Twitter today. You know, we forget sometimes because just, you know, we get more ready-made freshmen nowadays than we used to, but it used to take these kids one or two years to bulk up and, and kind of reach that that athletic uh, and, and strength-wise potential that they had. So I think he's going to be the kind of guy that has the frame. He's six foot or so. Um, th- that can definitely bulk. I- I'm intrigued to see what he does over the next couple of years. And they do have uh, a kid coming in next year. who's a top 15 or so back in the composite Ramon Brown, uh, who's very talented as well. So just some things to keep in mind there. Um, Andrell Anthony, why does he from Michigan broke out uh, in a big way this week for them? Uh, we, we looked it up here before the show guys. Um, he could be significant uh, leading into week eight, two weeks ago. Uh, he had four, 42 snaps total on the year, and two of those were on punt returns. So we had 40 offensive snaps this past couple of weeks. He had 36, and then this week he had 71. Uh, had a couple of touchdowns there. Um, worth a late season ad, Colin, the freshman wide receiver there for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he's worth a late season ad, especially if you have somebody on your roster that you know you can drop at this point um and he was a three-star guy uh three-star wide receiver coming into to Michigan there actually from East Lansing High School so he's going to uh he's going to have a rough winter break when he goes home I imagine after the way that game ended but uh, he looked really explosive uh, he had a long long catch and run on a touchdown there at 62 175 he's going to need to bulk up a little bit but he's got size to play uh on the inside or the outside there so I think he's definitely a guy who's, who's intriguing and it's in a room where we don't really feel that great about any of the other options there. I mean, you know, some of those guys are, are okay. Uh, AJ Henning's a guy that I keep waiting to break out, but he really just seems like a special teams guy at this point. Um, so yeah, I definitely think he's worth a late season ad.
0: Um, and then the last one here, and I, He's probably rostered in some leagues because he was a bit of a, a hot name last year when he entered college. But Ethan Garbers, the quarterback at UCLA, there uh, I believe he's technically a second year kid, but he's a freshman. Uh, been behind DTR, he's kind of the antithesis of DTR. He's a much more refined passer, um, he but not transferred quite.
1: from Washington, I think. Right? Did he? I think.
0: Yeah, he- that sounds right. After his freshman year, he went over yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Six um, percent rostered. Um, So again, he might be taking your team, but put on a a fairly um, competent performance there this week, filling in for DTR. And I don't know what DTR status is moving forward there. Uh, uh, 27 for 44, 265 yards, uh, two touchdowns and an interception. Could be worth a stash. I mean, he might be the guy after here, after DTR, Chip Kelly quarterback, not the typical Chip Kelly quarterback, but, you know, what are you going to do?
1: Yeah, they do. They did just sign um, Justin. His name's escaping me as a freshman, Martin, but Martin, I believe. Justin yeah, Martin. He, he threw uh,
0: like eleven touchdowns this weekend too.
1: Yeah, but I, I think he's from. I've only watched him pre- preliminarily, uh, but he seems like a guy who's going to need some some refining. He's not going to be the type of guy who's going to start right away. Um, so I could see Ethan Garber's getting that start there next year um, with DTR presumably gone. So. Um, yeah, I think that could be a potential late season stash with the look towards uh, 2022.
0: Yep. Yep. Total stash move. He's not going to win you any leagues this year, but moving forward, maybe he could. Um, All right, Colin, let's wrap this up here with our start sits for the week. Um, I passed you. Again, I think I, I think I have the baton again. I went eleven and eight this past week. Uh, eighty and seventy one now overall. You went ten and nine, so still above five hundred there. seventy seven and sixty nines so we're both we inch up a little bit every week. We're doing great. and just for people that are, are not familiar with this segment, um, we each pick ten names for starts, ten sits. We do not give each other our list ahead of time. We can have some overlapping names. These are non-obvious starts and non-obvious sits. Uh, we're not telling you to start B John Robinson because my grandma would know to do that. Um, we we are
1: trying to give you I some more difficult. That pretty much every time. Do you have that typed in your in your notes somewhere, no, <laughs> or do just, you just pull that game, off the top of your head?
0: Gam Gam knows college football call, and she knows <laughs> Bijan Robinson. She she's got she's got the signed poster and everything. She's big fan, big fan.
1: As she um, should be. Yeah. Um, Is that who turned you on to Bijan Robinson? That's why you discovered him. She
0: cheers she cheers so loudly for Bijan Robinson Their teeth just fall right out every single week. It's a whole <laughs> thing, and we have to help Grandma pick her teeth back up. Um, so yeah, let's get right into this. Uh, you usually lead off the start, so I'll just let you do that
1: again. Um, go for it. Uh, first start. I have Tyler Goodson running back Iowa. Uh, Northwestern's run defense is an absolute sieve. They have given up 2 100 yard rushers in back to back games to, uh, Michigan and last week to Minnesota with Irving and Thomas. Um, Tyler Goodson doesn't share the split the backfield with anybody, so you don't really have to worry about that. You know, he can get 200 yards this week. He doesn't need to split that hundred with somebody else.
0: Um. All right. My first name. Um. I don't. I don't think this is too obvious of a one because he's been really hot or cold this year. I, I think Chris Smith is, is a go again this week. I haven't heard an exact update. Oni, on Moni Bailey, um, but he's been faded out a little bit over the past couple weeks anyway. Smith dominated that backfield this past weekend. They played Georgia State, who I believe is in the 80s as far as rush defense. Supposed to be a decently high game total. Uh, basically everything that you want uh, for, for a decent running back performance. And they should be in the lead most of the game, UL. So I think Chris Smith um, should have a big week this week.
1: Uh, I went with uh, Keaton Mitchell last week, um, so I'm going to go with Rajay Harris this week. But really kind of interchangeable there. I would also probably feel comfortable starting Keaton Mitchell. Uh, Temple's run defense is terrible. They are the seventh worst in the country. They give up 219.8 rush yards per game. Uh, So they could very easily feed both of these guys. But Raji Harris does get the bulk of the touches. So I think Raji Harris is a guy I'm starting this week. So
0: I, I chose Keaton Mitchell as one of mine here, Colin. And let me just hit you with a stat and why I chose him over Harris. So, like you said, Temple is uh the eighth worst rush defense. They're 123rd. Get your facts right. Well, um, we're
1: using different sources. I'm sure. Okay. So we're close.
0: So here here is why, and I've said start Keaton Mitchell once or twice on the show before. And the thing that always differentiates a Keaton Mitchell week for me is that he has a he has a big week if he can be allowed to hit big explosive plays which sounds obvious but that's like really ha- when he has a big week if he can't hit like an 80 yarder he's really not startable temple ranks 123rd in the country in limiting big rushing plays yes yes and i believe this the source i used uh classifies as big as over 10 yards but they were amongst the worst when you broke it down into larger chunks as well they just give up a lot of long rushing plays, explosive rushing plays, and that's why I think it's a Keaton Mitchell week there uh, for ECU. Could be both of them, but I, I, I'm taking Keaton.
1: That's fair. I mean, I was definitely considering Keaton Mitchell. Honestly, I went Rajay Harris this week because I went Keaton Mitchell last week. Fair Keaton enough. Mitchell he, did... It's a game.
0: We're having fun. Yeah. Why not? Yeah.
1: Keaton Mitchell did burn me last week. He was he was a miss. After you, um, sir. Yeah, that so would be back to me because, you yeah. know. Got it. Um, I am starting both Nate Noel and Cameron Peoples this week. Uh, Arkansas State's run defense is absolutely atrocious. You have up 257.9 rush yards per game. Uh, second worst in the country. Somehow Missouri is still worse than that. You yeah. a, um, sure. Nate Noel and Cameron Peoples, it's pretty even split on the touches. Um, but I think they could both have really productive weeks this week. Uh, I I think App State could just run absolutely all over these guys. So my next name,
0: I think you're going to tell me it's cheating, but I don't think it is at all because he's had some stinkers at games here lately. And it's it's a tough matchup. I think you have to start Malik Willis this week, even though you're going to be tempted not to because Ole Miss is their toughest game on their schedule. And he's had some bad games, but I think that game script is just going to be so good for him. Game total is just south of 70. Like, I, I think that the situation is there where Liberty is going to get pounded. That much is true. And I, I think, even with uh, Matt Corral beat up a little bit, but I think Malik Willis still ha- like, has a nice game despite that because they're going to be a lot of garbage time and just, you know, they're going to have to be playing from behind. So I think, you know, like I said with Matt Corral last week, where I was like, he's going to score you less than he usually does. And he did. I think Malik Willis, even with a tough situation, is still going to
1: score about what you would want him to. Um, is that cheating? No, no, it's not cheating because I follow your logic on that one. And he's been banged up recently. Yeah. Was did he miss part of last week, or was that the week two ago weeks that? ago? I believe two he left before. and then came back. Yeah, but okay. I mean, they did they played a little kid on salt for the past couple of weeks too. Yeah, so. so I follow your logic behind that, but I do think most people, if you have Malik Willis, you were going to start him anyway. But like you said, he has been bad in uh against power five teams and old miss is the best one he's going to play on the schedule so i follow your logic there so i'll allow it
0: okay thank you you're 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 a most gracious uh, co-host i've always appreciated that about you and you're so you're good won't. looking oh you uh, already said yes I, I don't have to butter you up
1: anymore okay. no you don't you go. but go thank you it, it never hurts it never go hurts on. um my, <laughs> my next start is ty chandler uh, he has scored two touchdowns in back to back games, uh, back to back games two t- with two TDs. He has at least one touchdown in six of eight games this year. Um, this is projected to be a high, high scoring game. Um, the over under set at 77 right now. Uh, they get Wake Forest. I, I think this game is, is going to be pretty high scoring. So I can't say start Sam Howell. I can't say start, um, Sam Hartman, I can't say start Josh Downs, so start Ty Chandler. Yeah,
0: I have Ty Chandler too. I, I had him last week as well, and he had a
1: good week. Um, and so I went back to that that uh that well. Fair enough. Uh, my next start here is Danny Gray. Um, he's been in a bit of a slump. Uh, three for thirty seven, uh, and then he would have an eight for forty, uh, but then he had five for seventy three. So he, no touchdowns in his last three games. He's kind of been up and down, but. Uh, memphis is a pretty soft pass defense there uh, i think he's going to write the ship here this week you know memphis gives up 252.6 pass yards per game 33rd worst in the country uh fire up danny gray um
0: next up for me is jaron hall uh if your league allows it i know some leagues don't they get idaho state jaron hall has had a bit of an up and down season but he was amazing this past week for fantasy purposes. Uh, against Virginia, there a game that went over a hundred. Um, they they might sub him out, you know, in the third quarter. But I think by then the damage
1: will be done. Um, I, I I think that he's a must start this week. Yeah, I was I was leaning towards Jaron Hall, but that's what made me hesitate. There mm-hmm. is. This is uh, an FCS opponent, and they are one and seven. So this is a bad FCS. Team. Yeah, and
0: Algier like could just totally have like uh,
1: two hundred and fifty yards at halftime, and Jaron Hall is like
0: eight for eleven for seventy five yards. But yeah, I, I think you still have to go for it, especially with this week where there's so many quarterbacks that are like I have a team that has Brendan Armstrong, Jaden Delara, Caleb Williams, uh, and I'm like kind of screwed i Garrett schrader like it's just not great for that so
1: yeah it's a tough week for buys um so i i think it's a good a good call i like i said i almost went that direction but i could see it being a huge algier game and then he just gets pulled at halftime um but if you're looking for quarterbacks to start i got one for you oh do tell chase, chase garbers uh he's actually the qb 21 on the year very quietly, uh, averaging 22.59 fantasy points per game. Um, They get Arizona this week. Arizona is not good. Uh, Their pass defense is better than their run defense, but uh, they're just not good overall. Um, And so I think Chase Garbus is going to have a nice week this week.
0: Next up for me is uh, Jalen Knighton, who has just become a must start, uh, it seems like, since... um, uh, Cameron Harris went down uh, with the, the season-ending injury, and they already had uh, Don Cheney out for the year. Uh, Knighton really seems to be the guy that's getting the, a lot of the work there, and it's not necessarily a, a ton of uh, success in the run game, uh, although you know, he has done well there as well, but it's in the past game that he's really dangerous, um, and I, I just think he's going to have be a really big play here this week against Georgia Tech. But knowing me now and knowing Miami and how up and down they are, they're going to score three points this week, and Georgia Tech's going to win like 27-3. That's just what they do?
1: Well, I hope not because I have, I'm starting Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, he's been, uh, on fire lately, uh, 325 yards and four touchdowns against NC state 426 yards and three touchdowns last week. Um, uh, Georgia tech's pass defense is not very good. Um, uh, they have 252 yards, 252.5 yards per game, 31st or 34th worst in the country. Um, and I think Tyler Van Dyke's not getting into that territory where you can trust him more often than not.
0: Next up for me, uh, let's see. I just went through those ones. Malachi Thomas. I'm starting him this week if I got in Boston College's 90th in rush defense. They have been giving Thomas over 20 touches a game in volume, volume, volume there. Um, I I would suspect he goes over a hundred. Uh, the day will really hinge on whether he scores or not. I think, you know. Got three one week and zero the next. I think he, you know, he he reverts a little bit back somewhere to the middle of those two. Uh,
1: My next start here is BJ Baylor. Uh, Colorado is bad. Um, They just gave up a a ton of yards to Oregon on the ground. Um, BJ Baylor had 42 yards last week, but before that, he had four straight 100 yard games. Um, he doesn't offer a ton in the pass game, so he does need to get in the end zone to make it worth it. But again, Colorado's bad, so I could definitely see him getting in the end zone this week.
0: Um, next up for me here, Carson Steele, the true freshman running back at Ball State. They play Akron, bottom 10 rush defense, uh, and they've split the carries there this season, but I, I dove in a little bit. The other back on the team, Will Jones, uh, the the other guy that, that's close to him and touches. Jones has only touched, touched double digits one Sorry, has only topped double-digit touches once in the past month. Steele has gone over that uh, in six of seven games and gone over it significantly in several of them. Steele is still the back there, and I think he has a nice week there against Akron.
1: Uh, My next start is another guy who does need to get into the end zone to make it worth it, but it's Isaiah Bowser. Uh, Going back to the well again. He had 19 carries last week. Uh, the next closest on the team was eight. Um, so he's getting the work. You know, he's getting the carries. Uh, Mikey Keene, quarterback there for uh, UCF, threw for five touchdowns last week, which matched his season total. I don't think that happens again. Um, Tulane is not good. Their run defense is not good. 26th worst run defense. You 185.8 rush yards per game. Uh, so Bad defense. I don't think Mikey Keene throws for five touchdowns again. I think Bowser gets in the end zone at least once this week. I'm firing him back up.
0: Next up for me, Tavion Thomas running back at Utah. We've been on him for a while. He had gotten to some fumbling issues early in the year that that earned him some time on the bench. It seems like he has learned a little bit since that game or since he's come back uh, against USC, 16 for 113-1. and Uh, Arizona State, 20 for 84-1. and Against Oregon State, 21, 74, and two. And then this past week, 24 carries, 160 yards and four tutties. Probably not quite that performance, but I think this backfield is uh, his for the remainder of the year, and uh, I think he's a a must-start there uh, for Utah. Uh,
1: My last one here is Will Shipley. Uh, He finally got the snaps he deserved last week. Uh, 25 carries, 128 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Four catches for 24 yards. Uh, Just took Kobe Pace uh, getting put on the COVID list. Uh, He is expected to be back this week. But uh, this is the first time that Clemson has put up 30 points against an FCS opponent this year. And Will Shipley was a huge part of that. So if they go back to splitting carries with Will Shipley and Kobe Pace, fire everybody. Get them out of there. That's gross negligence
0: preach um my last one and again this is a little bit don't be scared uh hendon hooker uh i'm not that that scared about them uh playing kentucky this weekend right is that that who they play yeah Mm -hmm. um he played against alabama this past week uh you know he, he left that game early i against um ole miss i i thought that that maybe he would be done for the year at least miss a couple weeks so he came right back last week 282 yards and three touchdowns through the air another 26 on the ground uh and kentucky they're a solid defense but they they haven't fared that well against dual threat quarterbacks and i just think that hooker's gonna have himself uh, a nice game this week all right colin do you want to name your 10 here then i'll name mine
1: 10 so everybody has them all in one place and then we'll move on to our sits yep uh we got tyler goodson Raji Harris, Nate Noel, Cameron Peoples, Ty Chandler, Danny Gray, Chase Garbers, Tyler Van Dyke, B.J. Baylor, Isaiah Bowser, Will Shipley. All right, and my 10 here,
0: guys, Chris Smith, Malik Willis, Jaron Hall, Jalen Knighton, Keaton Mitchell, Malachi Thomas, Carson Steele, Tavion Thomas, Hendon Hooker, and Ty Chandler. All right, let's go into sits here. I usually lead this one off. Uh, first one is the most obvious one I could throw down here. Tyler Beatty. I know he's been a savior for you this year. I'm not playing him this week against Georgia guys. We've seen what Georgia does to running backs. You just can't do it. And it's, you might not have a better option, but I'm, that sucks to suck. I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> Find one. Um, yeah. I have, I have, uh, Tyler Beatty on, on my, uh, my list as well here. Of Again, course. just Georgia defense. You, you can't start anybody against them at this point. Um okay then I'll go again here uh Devin Achain, I think I'm sitting this
0: week against Auburn. They don't have like an amazing rush defense, but they are 37th in the country. I think this is going to be a slow game. And I think Game Script might might take the ball out of Achain's hands a little bit there. Um so I think Auburn probably wins that game. Um uh, so
1: I, yeah, I am sitting Devin Achain if I have him. Um my next one here is the entire LSU offense. Uh, max johnson got benched two weeks ago sure you want to do that
0: this, this usually doesn't work out that well for you
1: it doesn't normally work out that well for me but i have a couple of these on here so okay so, buckle wow, up.
0: Okay. so, so it's <laughs> gonna
1: be i'm gonna be further ahead next week perfect there's a good chance um max johnson got pulled two weeks ago against old miss um garrett nussmeyer came in uh he looked okay i think they go back to max johnson there but uh, you know can't be real confident in either of those guys at this point Um, TDP and Corey Kiner splitting carries, uh, TDP got 17 Kiner got 10. I don't really think there's any wide receiver worth starting. Um, if you have Jack Beck and he has the tight end eligibility, you could start him in the tight end spot and considering the tight end scoring that could, that that's a possibility. Um, but I don't think he will qualify as a hit for what our, uh, normal standards are and they play Alabama this week. Uh, that Alabama team's awake now. Um, they they got woken up, and they are, they're mad, and I think they're just going to beat the snot out of an LSU team that honestly may have just given up on the year.
0: Um, next up for me is Victor Tucker. They get rice, Charlotte does, and that's going to be really tempting, but uh, Chris Reynolds is injured uh, and probably not going to play this week, and I just, you know, I- I'm not necessarily trusting the backup there, so I'm
1: not starting Victor Tucker if I got him it's a good call um my next sit is the usc passing attack uh drake london went down um that's it's not good uh but who so who's we don't know who's gonna step up like we were talking about before that um taj washington has 32 catches on the year uh gary bryant jr has 24 catches on the year arizona has a good pass defense uh 28th best in the country they give up 196.1 yards per game And if they continue to splitting snaps at quarterback between Dart and Slovis, it's tough to trust either of them. Um, Now, if they the only caveat I will put here is if they come out before game time and say Dart is starting, I would start Dart. Um, That's the only caveat I'll put on that. Aside from that, I'm sitting the entire USC passing attack.
0: Uh, Next up for me, I'm sitting Letty Brown this week against Oklahoma State and virtually all the defensive metrics that I – really look at their their top 10 are very very close to that uh and certainly in rush defense their top 10 and and virtually all of them Um uh, i just think they're going to be able to handle this west virginia offense pretty easily they don't really threaten much through the air so you can kind of take try to take away one thing for them so I, I think letty brown's in for a bit of a tough week
1: uh we we said letty brown last week uh, and he ended up did we both said that right yeah he had like 30 yeah. points yeah he blew up 109 yards two touchdowns uh five catches 25 yards I'm sitting Letty Brown this week too. Uh, same reasons you said Oklahoma State's got a good run defense. I'm going back to the well. Because right. he's next. he has been struggling in tough matchups before last week. Uh,
0: so next up for me, um, still no news on Seth Hennigan. Uh, so no news, probably not great news. I'm sitting Calvin Austin this week if he's not playing. They play SMU. Not a great matchup for them overall. Um, so yeah, I mean that.
1: No Seth hennigan no no Calvin Austin for me uh I am sitting the Tennessee running backs Me too um, <laughs> Tyon Evans Jabari small both had seven carries uh each two weeks ago because they were off last week. Um, I don't really know how they're gonna split this up on a weekly basis. I don't really know how much you can trust either of them uh, and Kentucky is the 22nd ranked rush defense in terms of rush yards per game allowed. Uh, they let up 116.5 rush yards per game. So I don't really trust either of them in this one. Yeah, I have them as well. So back to you. Uh, my next sit is the TCU running back. Uh, I'm sitting Zach Evans no matter what this week. Uh, he was wearing a walking boot on the sidelines this past week. He missed the last two games. Uh, it's been very close, uh, apparently, for him to play. But uh, I, I don't trust it this week. Um and then Miller did have uh, 14 carries, 102 yards, four catches for 28 yards last week without Evans. But uh, Baylor bottled up Bajon. They they said, we're going to make the quarterback beat us. We're not letting this rushing game beat us. Um, and I could see them doing the same thing to Max Duggan. And this is a team that just lost their coach. Uh, hard to know how a team's going to respond to that. I, I don't. I don't trust whoever the starting running back is for TCU this week.
0: Um, I have Raheem Jarrett as my next one against Penn State this week. They've done a pretty good job against passing offenses there. Uh, you would not have been correct, by the way, if you said sit all of the Ohio State wide receivers. Jackson, you didn't hit on Jackson's with the jig, but he got like sixteen points.
1: Mm, yeah. That so. was the, that was the one because he led the team in carries it was eight yeah. for. 80 something, something like that. Yeah. Um, so, so that you would was not quote. have hit on that regardless. But yeah, I'm sitting
0: Jared, uh, who had like an okay the week. That I think he had like 14 points or something this past week or 13, which is like a step up for him. But that whole, that whole Maryland offense has just gone to shit. Uh, Demas
1: really was the glue apparently to help that whole team together. Uh, my next sit is Tank Bigsby. Uh, he had 140 yards and a touchdown two weeks ago against Ole Miss um, before they were off. Um, then Texas St. M. is the 37th ranked run defense, um, in rush yards per game, about 130 rush yards there. Jarquez Hunter's not going away he had 12 carries and 10 carries in back to back games before that. Um, I'm still not trusting Tank. Uh, I am sitting
0: Tyrion Davis Price, is that right? Yeah, I'm sitting though. Um, just. <laughs>
1: I'm sitting, sitting on, the whole offense. So. Sitting
0: my Maryland guys. Apparently, I doubled up on the offense,
1: so <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Um, I am sitting Zazavian Validae. Uh He had a big week last week against a, a strong uh, uh, San Jose State. I put SDSU. It was SJSU? Man, uh, we're, really,
0: strong... we're we're limping down the stretch here. We, gotta, we are.
1: We got to wrap this up uh zavian validate big week last week against a good san jose state defense he went 172 and uh and then three for 24 uh but before that he hadn't topped 100 yards since week four against uconn colorado state is the 19th best run defense in terms of points per game they give up our run at rush yards per game they Give have 110 rush yards so i'm not trusting him this week
0: i am sitting jaron Mangum. Uh, running back for usf i I called him a start last week and he didn't have a terrible week he was double digits but did not do what he had done uh the previous couple there houston has actually been really solid against the run i know we think of houston as kind of just an offensive dynamo um, but they've been a fairly well balanced team this year uh, and i just don't think the game script's going to favor him either Um, so for both of those reasons
1: i am out Uh, i am sitting chase brown um He has not topped 70 yards in five of seven games this year. The only times he did, 223 yards against Penn State and 257 yards against Charlotte. Uh, Beyond those two big games, he's kind of struggled. Minnesota gives up uh, 93 rush yards per game, which is eighth best in the country. Uh, I'm not starting Chase Brown this week.
0: Uh, Last one for me. I think this is the last one, right? Anthony Brown. Uh, quarterback for Oregon Washington has they gave up a, some a decent amount of points to DTR uh, but he did a lot of that damage on the ground um, and I yes, I know Anthony Brown's dual threat but not not that level uh, they held they held the Tanner McKee to eight points this past week um, uh, I, I would be shocked if if Anthony Brown goes over you know 16 17 points which is really not ideal for your quarterback
1: um yeah I like that call. I'm uh, I'm sitting Byron Cardwell uh look Kind of a, like I said to Austin pre-show, it's, it's it's kind of a cheap answer there. But I've been one of the biggest proponents of Byron Cardwell. Um, yeah, I think he's 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 definitely a play for next year there. He had a big game last week, uh, 127 yards, uh, on, but it was only on seven carries. So it's not like he saw a ton of opportunities. And Washington uh, does have a good, they, they don't have a very good run defense. Uh, 35th worst in the country. But I think it's going to be back to the Travis Dye show. So I'm sitting Byron Cardwell.
0: All right, so let's let's name our, um, our 10 all in one place here. Tyler Beatty, uh, Devin Achain, Victor Tucker, Letty Brown, Calvin Austin III, Rakeem Jarrett, Tyon Evans, uh, Slash Jabari Small, Tyrion Davis-Price, Jaron Mangum, and Anthony Brown. Uh,
1: the entire LSU offense, the entire USC passing attack, uh, Tennessee running backs, the TCU running back, Buddy Brown, Tyler Beatty, Tank Bigsby, Xavier Valade, Chase Brown, Byron Cardwell. All right, So that
0: is going to do it uh, for us for tonight. If you have not checked out all the other things at campusdecanton.com, we invite you to do so. Uh, beyond us uh, podcast wise, we've got Why Wait Till Sunday. We've got Debbie Debate. We've got Fantasy Football Roundtable. Uh, we've got Guts and Data, new show uh, from Chris moxley and will rivera that goes on every week uh it's been a good one there for betting uh we've got lots of articles we've got our we've still got the uh all of jarek's apps and cool things like that we've got the discord uh we've got our live shows on saturday the tailgate from 10 a.m to noon every saturday morning and then uh which kind of kicks off the day of, of games and then we've got uh coast to coast at night uh which wraps everything up uh, be on the lookout for our late week show, Canton Bound, the NFL side of the podcast. Uh, but until next time, guys, I am Austin. And this is Colin. And have a good